the America's National Parks podcast is sponsored by L.L. Bean. This year, L.L. Bean is joining up with the National Park Foundation, the official nonprofit partner of the National Park Service, to help you find your happy place in an amazing system of more than 400 national parks, including historic and cultural sites, monuments, preserves, lakeshores, and seashores that dot the American landscape many of which you'll find just a short trip from home. L.L. Bean is proud to be an official partner of the National Park Foundation. Discover your perfect day in a park at findyourpark.com. May your trails be crooked, winding, lonesome, dangerous, leading to the most amazing view. May your mountains rise into and above the clouds. Edward Abbey I hope you'll indulge me something personal on this episode. Before dawn on what would become a perfect October day in Utah, I set out to attempt a solo hike. It wasn't the type of hike that would have been a big deal to an avid hiker, but for me, it was bound to be. I'm Jason Epperson, and on this episode of America's National Parks, my journey up the side of a cliff at Zion National Park. About 6.30 in the morning here at Zion National Park, and I'm on my way to take a solo hike which is uh, something I haven't done much of, so I'm excited to do it. Um, I'm heading to the Hidden Canyon Trail. Let me say right now that my hope was to do Angel's Landing. It's a popular hike that takes you up high, up numerous switchbacks and across a precarious walkway. You hold on to a chain with drop-offs on either side of you until you make it to a perch high above the big bend of the Virgin River. It's that sort of fear-conquering hike that's world-renowned. But I didn't have the time to do it. We needed to swap campsites, and and I had to be back to our RV by 10.30 a.m. to get it moved. So I set out in the cold morning for the shuttle bus that would drop me off at the Hidden Canyon Trailhead, wearing my hiking pants, a sweatshirt, a down vest, and carrying my backpack with hydration bladder, and camera gear. It's dark, nearly pitch black, and I'm talking into my cell phone camera with only a headlamp to see my way to the shuttle station. So I'm on the way to the shuttle. The shuttle start at 7 o'clock. Here's the deal. I weigh, uh, I weigh about 260 pounds. 257 last I checked. So what I'm doing here, this is kind of what I'm treating as a a kickoff to losing some weight. Uh, Abby has already done an amazing job for herself. So part of me wants to do this for her. Part of me wants, is inspired because, you know, if she can do it, I can, and I've seen it happen. So, uh, it is 
still pretty black out. The stars are shining, no sign of the sun yet. And we're gonna get on the shuttle. I'm gonna go wait for the shuttle. Because I imagine the first shuttle fills up fast because a lot of people really wanna get out there before everyone else. I hop aboard the shuttle, which is right on time, with a busload of eager hikers. Everyone is in a great mood and excited to get some early miles in quickly. Most of them are going to Angel's Landing, of course, and they get off the bus a stop before me. A handful of people headed for Observation Point hop off with me at the Weeping Rock stop on the Zion Canyon line. It's always such a great bus ride. Because if you, if you can't hike, if you can't, uh, you don't have the mobility to hike. Coming here and taking the bus ride itself is, is, is worth it enough. So it goes right up the middle of the canyon. Sky is lightening up. It's about 7.30. You can get to the top of the canyon apparently and turn around or you can keep going past that. So I have to be back to the bus around 10, maybe 10, 15. So I'm actually gonna just set a turnaround time for myself knowing it's gonna take about a half hour to take the bus back. So it's 7.30, I wanna be back on the bus by 9.30, so I'm gonna try to turn around by 8.30, maybe 8.45. And here we are at the trailhead. At the trailhead is a small bridge that crosses a stream and then a split. The left path, a short hike to Weeping Rock. On the right, the way to Hidden Canyon, the East Rim Trail and Observation Point. It was here I encountered my first setback. So, the section of this trail that I want to go on to Hidden Canyon is closed. Apparently a rockfall of some sort. So we're not going to get to do that. <laughs> uh, trail closures mentioned on the park guide, but that's not one of them. So, this trail splits off at the top and goes a different direction along the Canyon Rim Trail to Observation Point. There's no way I'm gonna be able to make it that far in the amount of time I have. Um, but I'm just gonna go. I'll still go up these whole bunch of switchbacks and I'm just gonna go as far as I can go. I begin working my way up a moderately steep incline, and immediately my breathing becomes very labored. I promise there will be less heavy breathing in a bit. I was gonna make sure to go at a cardio pace <laughs> as much as possible. That's not a problem. So far so steep. As I turn upwards, 
Switchback after switchback, the bus stop and the winding Virgin River get further and further away. I encounter several friendly hikers who were clearly on the bus just behind me and have a lot more stamina than me as they pass with their hiking poles tapping the rock trail at a brisk pace. I then encounter setback number two. My hydration bladder, my water in my backpack is leaking. <laughs> so uh, I tried to stop, try to tighten it up, but uh, I think it's gonna keep slowly leaking. So, you know, two hours, it shouldn't be bad. I'm just gonna try to drink up a good portion of it before it all drips out. Switchback after switchback, I climb higher and higher, and the view gets more and more stellar. But it's a grind for me to climb these steep turns. My steps become shorter, and my body is getting very warm, even though the air is crisp. Now is about the time where I think perhaps I bit off a little more than I could chew. It's steep, but I'm going. I keep going. My heart rate's certainly up. And I'm certainly having no problem. That sure is beautiful. Something that begins to happen when you're this high up, and I'd say I climbed up about 400 feet in elevation at this point, is that the extreme distance between the trail and the ground below and the mountains beyond makes for a dizzying experience. People say not to look down. But if you avoid the view, it only makes your head spin more, so you might as well look down and enjoy it. I come to the point where the closed hidden canyon trail splits off and decide it's a good spot for a break. The bench here is a good point to remove the sweatshirt and the vest. Uh, this is my Trails at 50 shirt. This is the 50th anniversary of the National Trail System. And if and it's a great, like super soft t-shirt, perfect for hiking. If I'm honest, I'm a little self-conscious in it because it's a little form-fitting. Uh, but I'm gonna wear it till it looks good on me. I keep moving. Here we go again. Um, getting pretty high up now, I gotta admit. <laughs> it's pretty high up, but it's, it's exciting. It's exhilarating <sighs> to climb something so big. Uh, no, it feels like, feels like accomplishment. And not even there. As I begin again, as difficult as it is on my legs, my breathing has begun to regulate a bit, as if my body is already making changes to the way it manages this heavy exertion. As I press on, so does the clock, and the top of the cliff face is in sight. With only 10 minutes to go before my turnaround time, I press on as quickly as I can force myself to go until the trail begins to gently level out. I'm at the top, and it's stunning, but before I take in the view, I'm very curious about what's around the corner here a thousand feet in the air above the bed of the Virgin River at Zion Canyon. 
I make my way around the bend and am rewarded with a stunning slot canyon that gets more and more beautiful as I press on into it. To my left, following the trail, is a small stream, the same one that I crossed at the trailhead an hour before. I almost, I almost stopped before I got to here. I almost turned around because I thought I found just like, you know, good point to turn around. I was at the sort of top of the switchback climb, great view of the river bend down below. Big, beautiful horseshoe bend. But I'm glad I turned in because this takes me back into an offshoot of the canyon that, that I haven't seen. Oh man, this is, this is crazy. This is big and massive. And I hate the fact that I have to turn around because the strenuous part is over. And now I'm kind of doing a cool down flat walk here. And uh, at least that strenuous part is over. I'm sure there's more coming up. But I feel like, whereas five minutes ago, I felt like I was never gonna make it and I needed to turn around that I really misjudged this and over, overdid it, did way more than I thought I could. Now I feel like I could go on and on and on. Oh, and there's just this stream that has carved this little canyon that's, oh, it's so cool. I'm practically walking through a forest now, up high in the mountain, in the desert. I mean, this is, this is a desert climate here. And uh, the smell, when you start walking through these trees, it's so palpably different. I wish I had my kids up here. They would, they would love this. They would have hated the climb up, but I think they would have made it. I reach an ideal stopping point. The small stream slot canyon opens up into a large room as it continues to carve the floor, creating a channel only about as wide as my hips, but as deep as my shoulders. I pause, eat a granola bar, and then turn back to witness the view I was waiting for. It's really weird. This past some hikers. First of all, they didn't say anything to me, which is weird. I mean, normally everyone you pass on the trail, you say, hi, good morning. Have a nice day. Anyway, a woman was talking about to her friend about how she has no desire to ever leave the United States. She's, uh, I mean, looked like she's pretty athletic, like she probably hikes a lot. I mean, she's here on this strenuous hike at Zion National Park. Anyway, you don't find a lot of sort of adventurous travelers that go to national parks and, and do strenuous hikes that have no desire to ever leave the United States for any reason whatsoever. I mean, don't get me wrong, our country's clearly gorgeous in many parts, but gosh, there's so much world to see. Oh. Look at this, this is why, this is why I came up here. The sun has reached over, over the cliffs. 
The sun has reached over the cliffs and now it's, uh, it's hitting the cliffs across the canyon. And it's, it's the coolest thing. As the sun starts to break over the east rim that I stand upon, its rays begin to strike the cliff faces across, creating a glowing crown over the canyon and the big bend of the Virgin River below. It's why I come to Zion. The way the light hits the canyon at given points throughout the day molds and shapes the cliffs as if they're constantly in motion. I sit for a while, take a few photos, and begin my descent. On the way down, the types of people I run into are quite different than the ones that braved the pre-dawn hours. So another weird thing just happened. This couple that walked by me, a man and a woman, and the guy was telling her uh, about <laughs> the incredible evidence there is that giant humans once existed, or still do exist apparently. Uh, he said, the most credible evidence, the biggest, the biggest evidence they found is a 33 foot full human skeleton somewhere, I don't know where. Uh, but they've been found all around the world. Skeletons of giant humans have been found all around the world. And, uh, and man, she was just eating at Hook, Line, Seeker. Oh, really? Wow. Man, I hope she was just, I don't know, feeding his ego. Men do that. Men, you notice, I mean, there are, oh, obviously there are women conspiracy theorists. <laughs> but men do it in such a way, it's unbelievable. It's, it's like, they have like this, just, yeah, you didn't know that? <laughs> I say that all the time. My wife tells me I say that all the time. But I tried back, <laughs> I tried to say it based on facts. Men think they just, uh, if they hear something, it's the truth. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The way down is faster and easier, but not wholly unchallenging. So I'm obviously going down a lot faster than I went up, and that's to be expected. Uh, sometimes you don't know, though. Sometimes it's so steep that, you know, your knees, <laughs> knees want to give out start to wobble, which is happening to mine, but still I'm going much faster. <laughs> um, my back is soaking wet from my leaking water and uh, I set my backpack down in the sand. So my backpack is also covered in like sand. Anyway, I'm pretty proud of uh, accomplishing this climb. And uh, I don't know, I'm gonna guess I climbed a thousand feet, maybe. I mean, it was quite the climb. Maybe it's not quite a thousand. I don't know. Could I have done Angel's Landing now that I've done this? See, I, one of my flaws is uh, underestimating the time and effort it takes to accomplish practically any task. 
I think I could have done Angel's Landing if I had the time. Uh, but I think it would take me most of the day. They say the park guide says four hours. I've seen like three to six hours listed. I'd be definitely in that six hour ranch. I'm, I'm very sure. Because uh, it's, oh, it's over five miles round trip. Um, 5.4, As it turned out, I gained nearly 1,200 feet in elevation. Angel's Landing is 1,600, though a much greater mileage. Given the additional time, there's no reason I couldn't have done it. As I continue my descent, I pass more and more hikers that seem less and less prepared. Unlike the crew that jumped off the bus with me with their hiking poles and backpacks and headlamps and hydration packs, many of these people don't seem to have anything with them. Not even water. They aren't even talking to each other. Maybe they're facing the realization that they're in for something much longer and harder than they thought. And the only ones that say hello are the ones with questions or the guy coming from where they're going. As I make my way back down, I'm running across many more people than I did on the way up. And rightly so. Uh, and, uh, and they're struggling like I was when I was heading up, which is making me feel a little bit better about my performance. When you hike with people, you get a little bit more motivation. Good morning. No. You're probably... Uh, about a third of the way up. Okay, and that's the top is Weeping Falls, right? Or was that down there? No. <laughs> so Weeping Rock is that over there. Got it. And the trail split down at the bottom. Okay. The left went over to Weeping Rock, and the right climbs the mountain. <laughs> cool. Well, it's, it's spectacular up there. When you, when you get to the top, you'll feel like you want to die. Uh, but then it's really flat for a while. So keep going because it takes you back into a little canyon that's really spectacular. And it's not far. I mean, like 500 feet, like around a bend. Right. You can do it. They made a major mistake at the bottom. They were taking the short I don't know, half mile hike up to Weeping Rock. And... Uh, they went the wrong way on the trail and climbed a mountain instead, but they'll get there and it'll be worth it. Morning. There's a lot of people here now. Make it all the way? I made it to the, to the top of this. <laughs> Yeah, okay. which is, you know, we're about a third of the way. Yeah. Uh, and then around the bend a little bit. It's worth it. Anyway, as I was saying, when you hike with other people, even if they're better at it than you, like my wife, you not only have the drive of trying to keep up with somebody, but also you see them struggle 
and it uh, it helps you. I don't know. Helps you realize that your struggle is okay. I mean, it's quite the thing to hike up the side of a mountain, right? It's 9.32. I'm supposed to be at the bottom now. But I'm not. <laughs> Another switchback. Oh, switchbacks are frustrating on the way up. And just as frustrating on the way down. But I think there's only a few more to go before the trail starts to level out a bit and take me back to the bus. <sighs> Weeping Rock. That's my sign that I'm almost down. It's 9.38 and I'm not far. There's, I see more switchbacks though. <laughs> There's several up ahead of me. The thing about switchbacks that, is that they're always hidden. <laughs> These almost always hidden there. They sneak up on you. <sighs> As the end of the trail nears, I hear the sound of the babbling stream, and the sense of accomplishment sets in. I'm at the end. I did it. <laughs> uh, I'm coming up to the little bridge where the trails split, where there's where those two lovely ladies went the wrong way, but set off on an adventure that's going to be pretty great, I'm sure. I want to do some more strenuous hikes. I want to do some more hikes that end up at just amazing places. And I'm happy to do them alone or with my family. I'm kind of missing my family right now. It's weird, you know, it's 9.45. Some days I don't get up this early. <laughs> But, uh, but gosh, I feel like I've been away from them forever. Like you, I don't know, you accomplish something like that. You just want to get back and tell somebody. And that's what I want to do. I want to go hug my boys and my wife. I hop back onto the shuttle bus, running a hair behind, hoping to make up time. But during my hike, the National Park Service has begun the process of resurfacing much of the road. The bus ride is much louder this time around, and several delays for construction crews push me more and more behind. I reach the main visitor center and hop off the tram, excited to see my wife and boys. Back at the visitor center, which is right near the campground. Nice little drive back. I'm back in the campground. Everybody's playing this like hopping game because <laughs> everybody books what's available and that's often one night or two nights here or there and then you have to move. But hopefully the person in the site that you're moving to has moved. Uh, it's always a challenge. So coming up on the bus and I'll find out we're just moving three or four sites over. I'll find out if the people there are gone yet. Hi, buddy. 
You just got up. Wow. Where's your brothers? It's not quite 1040. You know. Ethan, Ethan's mom's trying to get you. Ethan's still in bed? Henry's asleep. Henry's still asleep? Yeah. I thought you'd all come running up to me. I was so excited to come back here and see well, you all. I'm back. I'm excited. <laughs> come give me a hug. Love you. Later that day, I'd return with Abby and the kids to the same trailhead. This time, we take a left to see Weeping Rock. The trail is every bit as steep, but very short, less than a half mile. My boys complained a bit, but made it to one of their favorite spots at Zion, Weeping Rock. Weeping Rock spews water from nowhere as seepage through the cliffs finds more firm rock and is forced outwards, creating hanging gardens and a light waterfall that you can stand behind. On our way back, I asked Jack, my oldest, about what he's getting out of hiking. Look how high this shadow is up that wall now. Yeah. That sun was way down on us there. I bet, I bet Ethan and Henry and Mom are all the way down just waiting for us. How does it feel to be out in the outdoors? I can't even speak about it because it, it's kind of hard to explain. <laughs> Basically the landscape, I guess. Sure, the walk to be long and hard, but the landscape is a beauty. We wrap up the day with an ice cream at the historic Zion Lodge, which isn't the greatest for this new diet I have yet to figure out, but how can you resist it on a day like this? Hiking does more than work your body. It's exercise, sure, but it feeds your soul at the same time. And completing a monumental personal goal will always feel greater than completing a lap around the neighborhood. Hopefully, there are many more days like this one ahead for me. Visiting Zion National Park is a thrilling part of any trip to the West. The most popular area, Zion Canyon, is accessible only by shuttle bus, and the parking is limited, often filling up by 9 a.m., always arrive early or risk paying $20 to park in the town of Springdale and taking yet another shuttle bus. The Canyon Drive in the shuttle drops you off at several locations that offer a scenic view at ground level or a more demanding hike. One of the most famous hikes other than Angel's Landing is the Narrows, a ground level journey that has you walking in knee deep or higher water the entire trek but the opportunity to see the narrow canyons that rise almost perfectly vertical is worth it. You can brave the cold water yourself or rent waders and a hiking stick in town. The water is too cold to walk in without insulation for much of the year. The Kolop Canyon area of the park is a great place to get away from the crowds, but it's closed due to road construction at the moment. One of my favorite things to do at Zion is to drive the Zion Mount Carmel Scenic Drive which sends you through a mile-long tunnel into a completely different world where mesas look like checkerboards and bighorn sheep climb the rocks. The best place to camp at Zion is in the park itself, if you can get a reservation, as you can hop on the shuttle without driving. The two campgrounds are right in the canyon for a stunning view every morning. If you're staying at a resort, consider the Zion Lodge, deep in the park, 
or one of the hotels or cabins in Springdale. This episode of America's National Parks was written by me, Jason Epperson. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join our new America's National Parks Facebook group. We'll link to all of our social media, as well as National Park Service resources, music credits, and more in the show notes at nationalparkpodcast.com. If you're interested in RV travel, give us a listen over at the RV Miles podcast. You can also follow Abigail and I as we travel the country in our converted school bus with our three boys at ourwanderingfamily.com. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island. From the redwood forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. Today's show was sponsored by LL Bean. Follow the hashtag #BeAnOutsider and visit llbean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks.